When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen, Andy Brandt-Bernard, Cassie Schrader, and we'll be right back, Hour 2, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, One of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Ooh. Curtis Mayfield. Oh, this was our old theme. Yep, we oh, use Superfly. Yeah. We use Superfly a long time ago. It's National Smile Day. Oh, isn't that sweet? I think I'll just so you muster know. one up. Oh man, you're right. <laughs> Beagles are seventh from the lowest working intelligence. They are. <laughs> That's Bad. too bad. But what are Cavaliers? Bloodhounds are fifth from the lowest. Hounds are usually kind of stupid. Well, but aren't bloodhounds known for, like, you know, they're good at hunting? They're, I guess they just have good, good instincts. They're good at scenting. They're good at running a scent. That's what they're good at. Uh, Cavaliers. Don't oh. say it. Oh, Cavaliers. here we go. <laughs> they're, like, right in the middle. Are they? Yeah, oh. 73rd out of 140. So Jack Russell's are high, I think, on the intelligence, like, border collies Any almost. terriers? No, they're slightly below King Charles, in fact. Really? Like, That's, surprising. That's a, that is surprising. That is surprising. I always surprising. thought that... Jack Russell's were pretty smart. Nipsey and Cassie never listened. This is about working intelligence. That was selective listening. Yeah, they were like manipulative and could like they were too clever for their own good. Whereas Jude's just like, yep, okay. This is about how long it takes to teach them a new command. So, well, but that's because they're stubborn. 
Yeah, well, but like that's Nipsey, really the only measure dumb. they have. Yeah. Of, like Nipsey, I had him. He would awful every kind of training when he went. When I went to training with him, and when he had his back in those <clears> days, <throat> he used a choke collar for everything. That's just how you trained your dog. That's just well, now, now it's all treats. It, but if I didn't have that choke collar on him, he wouldn't do anything. <laughs> he was just like, I don't have to. <laughs> Bella, she would not lay down at home for the longest time. She would lay down at obedience class all the time but i'm like at home she just won't do it yeah, yeah she andy, knows she doesn't have to yeah andy trained uh cassie how to do something that he refused to do his whole life i until, taught him to lay down when yeah. he was like 13 yeah, he never would lay down and then all of a sudden andy taught him to lay down he mellowed, oh, really? he mellowed out enough that he was like okay i think you gave him treats that was well what yeah was. <laughs> well nipsey yeah. was the one that yeah, caused all really the problems a, yeah. he well, was I, a problem child i had a boxer and you know she was really sm- Easy to like house train, do commands, but other than that, she was dumber than a stone. <laughs> I mean, she. I try and mow the lawn. Boxers are ninetieth. Are they ninetieth? So that's out of one hundred forty. So below average. Yeah, because like, I remember we were putting up a fence, and my ex-husband was taking a, a wheel grinder, and she hated things that turned. Like I'd mow the lawn, and she'd try and attack the wheels as I'm mowing. Oh. So I don't know what it was. She just didn't like it. Even like my kid's little bubble push oh, mower. Bubble <laughs> she hated it. She doesn't it. like axles? Apparently not. Well, he was using a a wheel grinder to grind some of the mm. um, nails out. And she just decided, I'm just going to go bite it. Oh, as it's God. Split her nose open. Oh, yeah. Lord. And she just looked stunned. And I'm just like, She's like, what, what happened? Do you expect? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't think dogs really she understand. She's a sweet dog. I mean, she just. They're nice dogs. And yeah. border collies, fewer than five repetitions to learn a new trick. That's it? Yeah. They're that smart? They're like creepy smart. Who? Border, border collies. collies are really oh, yes. smart. They're, they're super hyper, though. They're incredibly yes. hyper. You but need to give them a lot of exercise. Yeah, you can literally, like, they'll just, like, start learning how to do things on their own by watching you and not even needing to be trained. It's. What I'd are... like to get a border collie, but I would need a farm. Uh, or you need, you to need go a to corgi. A, you need get a to go corgi. To a giant so I can have park. a corgi in my life. What's corgi's intelligence? Uh, 11th. Ooh, it Very good, yeah. yeah. My kids are obsessed with corgis. Like, I want a corgi. And oh my like, god, they're so cute. I wanted they to get a corgi, cute. and they're very sweet. Yeah. Like they have good temperaments. Mm-hmm. They shed a lot, but and apparently smart. And I guess they're smart. What's... I wouldn't have guessed that they were that high. What's oh wait, the well, dog? there's Pembroke Welsh, Welsh corgi. That's the most common one. And is there's Pembroke. Cardigan Welsh corgi. Cardigan, cardigan is 31st, is... so still high. Cardigan is what um, birches have. I can see that. And I can definitely see his face in this yep. cardigan. Welsh and the cardigan. coloring. And yeah. a Pembroke. Yeah. There's a Pembroke. Yeah, Pembroke is the 10th. The normal one. Yeah. What are labs? Lab. They're pretty high, right? Labrador, uh, seventh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's seventh? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the dumbest dog out there? <laughs> Afghan hound. Afghans? Yes. You don't ever see them, ever. Well, it's because they're so a, dumb. Yeah. People don't want them. People what's don't want them. They're, <laughs> they're the ones that look like Cher. Oh. Right, they look like Cher, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, and basset hounds have to be down there, too. Yes. <gasps> Jelly. 129. Yeah. <laughs> Bella's got some basset hound in her. There you go. And she, no. <laughs> she, she actively resists training. Yeah, she does. She's too smart yeah. for her own good. She's like, I'm she not going to. Yeah. She she had a, like she, um, <laughs> my, she had my mother-in-law trained to <clears throat> give her treats every time she went outside. She'd come inside and then stand by her treat cupboard and whine. And so Diane would give her a treat. And she's like, she really goes to the bathroom uh, yeah. a lot. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. what do you mean? And she's like, she goes out all the time. And then I come back in and she gets her treat. And I'm like, she doesn't get treats when she goes outside. And well, she's she, like, whoops. what? She used to. And then she would go outside, stand there, and come back oh, in. Yeah. But we could see her do it. Yeah, she's yes. just like, I'm going to go potty. Yeah, when we were potty training her, yeah, she got right. treats for going potty. But right. then yeah. she then quickly just, figured yeah. out, like, I'll just step out on mm-hmm. the porch and come right back. <laughs> treat. treat. Apparently yeah. some people oh, don't know. She notice. even fake squatted for me. She would fake squat <laughs> so she could get a treat. Is yeah. this the thing she, you want yeah. me to do? She's a master manipulator. <laughs> it's all true. Bella. Well, Daisy won't howl unless I told her to speak and she just looked at me and then I put my hand in my pocket and told her and she howled for me. Because she thought treat. I had a treat in my pocket. Yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah, apparently, even though beagles are notoriously difficult to train, Daisy has no problem. 
Really? Well, there's always, there's always yeah. an exception like I to have, the rule. I have a friend that she's like, I hate corgis. The only corgi I've ever met was a total... I can't Samantha say the word. <laughs> I can't say the word. A-hole. And I'm like, what? Yeah, Every corgi I've ever met is like the nicest dog yeah, in the world. Really nice <laughs> yeah, they are. They're very nice dogs. <laughs> They're yeah. so cute. Roseanne Barr's ex-husband Tom Arnold has weighed in on further uh, in further on the cancellation of his former wife's iconic ABC sitcom Roseanne and her could we not do that? Sorry, I didn't know Good that it was gonna God. do that. Arnold 59 claims the actress was ready to say goodbye to the show after just one season of the reboot. It had to happen, he told the Hollywood reporter in an interview published Wednesday. I'm gonna tell you the truth, she wanted it to happen. If you saw how her tweets escalated this weekend, if it hadn't happened yesterday, this season uh, would have been so awful for everyone every day because she would have felt like she was being taken advantage of, just like when I left the show, Arnold said. Barr, 65, and Arnold were married in 1990 but divorced in 1994. He also worked as a writer on the show beginning in 1988. Arnold suggested uh, taking away Barr's phone might have prevented her from Twitter, the uh, Twitter attack on <laughs> Valerie Jarrett on Monday. We're just going to take away your phone yeah. now. Sorry, you have to give She's us like, your phone. She's like, what, 60? 65. Yeah. Should be old enough to know. Uh, very, very true. ABC lost maybe $1 billion from this. This Ooh. show was grinding out money hand over fist. They lost it all because someone didn't say, get that phone out of her hand. Yeah. She's not going to go on TV and say these things, but you put that phone in her hand and uh, she is a loose cannon. He reiterated that sentiment on CNN Wednesday night, saying that ABC risked a lot by not being more careful and monitoring Barr. Well, it's not their fault that she said stupid no, stuff. No, no. And if she wanted the show to end, she was going to find a way to... Well, so if they a... cancel a show uh, and dissolve a contract, do they still have to pay her for that contract? I think that she had a morality clause in there, um, so no. If she oh. bro- if she would, that would have been a breach of the, con- of the contract. The other pl- other characters and cast probably would have to get paid though, because mm. it's not their fault if well, somebody so, else breaks their. So contract. yeah, then that yeah. was a horrible business decision on their end. Well, I, you know, this uh, she's been uh, everything about Roseanne has been on Twitter like crazy. Yes. Um, there was some speculation uh, last week or maybe 10 days ago, that she was starting to demand a million dollars an episode. And then everybody was like, no, she didn't. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. So maybe that it does yeah. have part. Maybe that it does have something well, maybe. to do with it. He gets know. a little carried away here, though. I wish we could trust people. Yeah. I forget Good luck. it. But, yeah, we have no idea what the truth is. No. I figured someone would take her phone away or monitor uh, that because it's dangerous when you have that much money on a show, Arnold said. We have the First Amendment. We also have the Second Amendment. But you don't just give someone a handgun and let them walk around the stage, hopefully. you got to be careful. They risked a lot. I could see it coming. He added, this monkey thing is something she's tweeted before about black people. Oh. Why is it okay? It's a meme that she and thousands of her alt-right fans do. They love calling black people monkeys. Okay, now he's getting like into defamation. This territory. is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just Now, he had to go way over the top. Do you know anybody that refers to black people as apes or monkeys? Because nope. I do not. Roseanne Barr. Well, yeah, that's the only Roseanne. I, but but she didn't know that woman was black. That's what well, she claims. Well, that's what she says. I wouldn't have known if no one had told me. There's yeah. no way. Yeah, here we go. They love calling black people monkeys. It's not a one-time joke. They do it because we have a white trash racist president, and that's a fact. Calm down. Roseanne and I have both known him for 30 years, and that's an absolute fact. Instead of saying, okay, everybody, let's hold on together, he says, what about me? That's insane. I think he's right about that, that Trump is more interested in himself than anyone else. I agree. Yeah. When asked by Anderson Cooper if Barr had always been a Republican or if she had previously exhibited racist thoughts, Arnold said she was the opposite. When I met Roseanne, I just worked in a meatpacking plant in Iowa, and she was, an older, she was older and a feminist. I had never met a feminist, he told Cooper. She was much more involved than I was. I was a meatpacker and bouncer and part-time comic. I learned so much from her about being liberal and that kind of thing. Arnold also claimed Barr obviously suffered from mental illness. Oh, that's nice. Obviously. Uh, So I married her. She obviously (laughs) suffers from mental illness. She's having mental issues right now, but that doesn't make it okay, he said, admitting he also struggled with mental illness. They had to cancel the show. Right before we got married, I went to rehab for drugs and alcohol stuff, and she was there for me. And then after we got married, we dealt with her mental issues as a family, and it was something she dealt with. Uh, As for why Barr would uh, want the show to be canceled, 
Yeah, that is kind of a different take on it. As for why you'd want it canceled, yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, I, I just what what's so amazing about this is if Twitter didn't exist, none of this would exist. Yeah, I mean we wouldn't. Nobody would give a. <clears throat> yeah. Fig. Yeah, I follow, I don't have a Twitter, but on Instagram, I follow celebrities and I don't follow anybody that posts tons of their opinions about anything. No, it gets to be too much. I don't want to hear your opinion over and over and over again. It's like I follow people that they're like a bunch of videos of their cat and just like talking about random things and just seem like good people. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. As for why Barr would want the show to be canceled, Arnold claimed it was because he, she didn't get creative credit on the show, which she deserved. Um, I'd love it if she came out and said, okay, I've gone too far and stepped back, he added. As this weekend approached, I saw it coming. Barr revealed she had a multiple personality disorder or dissociative identity disorder in 1994, holy moly, that's according bad. to ABC News. Yeah. In a 2001 interview with Esquire, Barr called her disorder a gift and referred to herself as we... We have seven different signatures, she told the magazine at the time. We've never been comfortable saying it, saying I. It's something we have to do with singletons, you know, to sound normal. We consider it a, a gift. Of how she dealt with having multiple personalities, a comedian said at the time that she was always in conflict about conflicting parts, but I've learned how to get them to listen to each other now. That so I have a question. sounds kind of made up. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, is that does. real? Well, here the problem I have with it is, if it were true, then they would have no business canceling her show. Canceling her no, show. No, because maybe one of her personalities is a racist, <clears throat> horrible person. Yeah, she could say, and she doesn't have control over due to it insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're that yeah. messed up, really? She's well, apparently, <laughs> personality. I know. Really? Apparently, Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel brought it up in his show that she's mentally ill. So, if she is mentally ill, they had no business canceling, canceling her show. Well, maybe they have no business hiring her in well, the first place. Or mm, I don't know about well, that. Well, no, that's true. I, yeah, that's not... You know, she should be able to find employment and all that stuff. But if you've got somebody that you know it has that many problems, you really do need to take care of things before they happen. Or make it public so people yeah. know that what's happening... Yeah. What's, they know what's happening. Yeah. Because no one, Instead I didn't know just, this. I don't think anyone knew this. I still don't know it. I can't believe we've gotten to a point now where literally Samantha B can call somebody the big C and people are applauding her for doing it. Mm-hmm. Calling another woman the, the big C word. No. I, can't, you know, I can't believe that Kim Kardashian is going to visit the President of the United States to talk about prison reform. Already has. I know, that's what I'm saying. I, I just, I what, where are we It's a we world now? gone mad. Where are we now? I just don't understand where the hell we've, uh, we've gotten to and why we got there. Other than the only thing I think that could drive what's going on now is people are extremely fearful. I don't know of what, but everybody's scared to death. Otherwise, they wouldn't act like this. They're acting like little children. You think it stems from fear? I do. I absolutely yeah. do. Well, that's a good way of controlling people is to make them afraid. Yep. We'll be right back. Part two of our two coming up next. Tom Bernard Show. This is Tom for Flow. For the past 35 years, Flow's passion to invent a better way has created some of the finest recreational products available. Flow's Cargo Max trailer line is a perfect example of their innovation. This trailer is redefining the utility trailer industry. They start with a strong aluminum frame and then add a thermoform polymer bed. It gives you a nearly indestructible one-piece trailer body. And since it's molded, it adds style that the trailer industry has never seen. They even beat it with a large sledgehammer at 20 below zero to prove how tough it is. Best of all, you'll never worry about dents, rust, rot, or paint. Visit their website at floeintl.com to find your local dealer and to see videos of this unique trailer, including a video showing hockey star Ryan Suter shooting pucks at it trying to break it. You'll quickly see how Flow has earned the reputation for quality products and offering you more for your money. Flow, a better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan, and now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, June 18th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really, really fast. I've lost about 50 pounds now, 
at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutramost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on June 18th. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. No. Is this a flashlight? Nope, it's no, Atomic, Atomic Dog. Oh. Is this also in Deadpool? No, we were talking about dogs, but I didn't think you'd like who let the dog yeah, out. No, <laughs> don't ever play that. The ball horn, man. My mom would be singing it for three months. I hate that song, but every time I hear it, it stays in my brain for days. Yeah. What, Atomic Dog? No, who let the dogs out? Oh, who let the dogs <laughs> She's out? She's still going to be singing it in like an yeah, hour. Yeah, now that you've said <laughs> Oh, God, unbelievable. Oh, God. Oh, no, what now? Christmas lottery wins were a glitch, so the state won't pay for them. Oh Christmas? God. They should what? be responsible <laughs> for if they mess up. Yeah. I agree. Christmas yeah. is a long time ago. Now all of a sudden, hey, give us your the money back. Yeah. Yes. Thousands of lottery no. players in South Carolina thought Christmas was their lucky day. Starting at 5.51 p.m. last December 25th, gas stations and convenience stores across the state dispensed a steady stream of what appeared to be winning tickets. Some customers caught on to the anomaly and bought as many of them as they could. Nicole Coggins, 36, of Liberty, South Carolina, was one of them. We figured we'd buy a reliable vehicle and take the kids to Disneyland, she said, adding that she and a few other families kept playing the game until they amassed what they thought were thousands of dollars in winnings. But Ms. Coggins was not able to cash in. The state suspended the game after two hours at 7.53 p.m., and in a statement two days later, the South Carolina Education Lottery said its computer system vendor, Intralot, 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 had experienced a programming error. The would-be winners held on to their tickets for months, but on Wednesday, the lottery said in a statement that the error had indeed stemmed from the vendor's coding error and that ticket holders could send in their slips not to receive any winnings, but rather for a reimbursement of the ticket price. It added that according to state law, prizes arising from a ticket produced or issued an error must not be paid. That's so they dumb. Say, they were going to pay it, but they were told they can't pay it. Mm, can't do it. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying it. Yes, we, we can't. Oh, God, this is sad. Sears is going to close another 72 stores. Oh, God. Sears is done. I can't believe that Sears Roebuck, which became Sears later on, Hit by plunging sales and a first-quarter loss, Sears said it will close 72 more stores. A struggling retailer said Thursday that it has identified about 100 unprofitable stores and plans to shutter 72 of those locations. Sears Holdings Corporation, based in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, lost $424 million in the first quarter this year. Just the first quarter, huh? Just the first quarter. Well, all the Herbergers, oh. that's another local department store. They're closing. Yeah, they're all closing, yeah. Reversing a profit of $245 million in, a, in the year-ago uh, quarter. The profit was due to $492 million gain tied to the sale of the Craftsman brand. Revenue plunged more than 30% to $2.89 billion with store closings already underway, contributing to almost two-thirds of the decline. Even though the current retail environment is difficult for many retailers, Sears' performance has been much worse than its rivals. One analyst earlier this year described the company as dealing with a toxic mix of issues, including unattractive stores, dramatically falling sales, and high debt levels. How can Sears have high debt levels? I know. How long have you been around? You've been around for like a yeah. hundred years. They're not selling well. Sears. I thought they. I thought they got a lot better because of the appliances. That's what I thought. But, I don't know. Well, let's see how their stock was. Well, are they public? Uh, yes, it was down three dollars and eighty-three cents in the first, after the first quarter. Uh, they've been going down for a good five years, so yeah. no. They have extreme. Well, they're done basically. Mm. In a statement, CEO Edward S. Lampert described the quarter as challenging. The company said it will disclose the locations of the store closures by midday today. As a matter of fact, shares were down nearly ten percent this morning alone. Mm. Yeah, that's not good news. Where, uh, 
Is this Sears still open at Mall of America? Uh, I don't know. There was a Sears store there. There Bloomingdale's, was Macy's, yeah. Sears. I, Bloomingdale's closed. I <clears throat> yeah, a while ago. Think. Oh wait. I think it's closed as of a year ago. The Sears store at the Mall of America. I think so. Are any of those four corner stores still open? Other, well, uh, Macy's is still open. Uh, not Macy's, but uh, but um, Nordstrom. Nordstrom's. That's still yeah. open, right? Yes. And then what was the other one? There were four of them. It was Sears, Bloomingdale's, Macy's. Macy's. Oh, yeah. it was Macy's. Yeah. So that's closed that's, too. No, that's still open. Macy's is still open. Yeah, it is. Well, I didn't know that. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it is. I don't know. It's, it's just sad to see that uh, you know that the long-standing brand Sears was like. They were the cornerstone of almost every one of the Dales. I know that. Uh, Dayton's and Sears were Brookdale, Ridgedale, yeah. Southdale. All of those Dales were. Things are changing. Things are definitely changing because you can just uh, go on your computer, order up, and you're good to go. I wonder if part of this is because um, the millennial generation isn't having kids until later. Mm-hmm. And part of the sort of the process of having kids is going shopping well, for things now not just process. getting stuff online because with kids you never know what's really going to fit them or yes. how things are going to be put i can't together. buy i don't buy any of fawn's clothes online because i'm like yeah you can't it depends sometimes even the brand it's like i could be like this carter's shirt fits her perfectly and then i buy another one and it would be too big right because exactly. it's just like kid sizing makes no sense. I, I think that after a certain age, I mean, it's like when you're single and you're working and you do have free time, it's like no big deal to return all this stuff. But when you're a parent and you've got a couple of kids, I think you need to go and see stuff a little bit more and make sure it's actually going to work before you waste your time on it. Mm-hmm. Or is that just me? Uh, when it comes to anything with kids, I, I I'm more of a hands-on, like, I need to know if it's going to work for me, work right. for the kid. I can't. Is it high quality? Is it crap? I mean, you can't well, yeah. always tell in reviews. Yeah, I know. Cause you don't know what's honest and what's not. Right. So. It all might, yeah, it might all be bots. You just don't know. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be, I think this is going to be the trend for a while. And then I think maybe stores might end up kind of coming back in the future. You think so? Not People, to the level yeah. that they were. No, no, I can see that. Absolutely. Uh, well, this is an interesting story, if it's true. Uh, I'm skeptical, but maybe this gets interesting. The Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed collusion cases could take a dramatic turn in the near future, or we're just getting played by a PR-savvy defense attorney. I'm lean, uh, leaning the latter, but I've got my popcorn ready if it's the former. Attorney Mark Garagos, who is representing both players in their collusion cases, made an appearance on CNN Wednesday evening. I did not get a chance to catch it, but according to Pro Football Talk, uh, is it Garagos? Garagos? Garagos sounds yeah, it is Greek. Garagos. Yeah, I think it is Garagos. Said the case is about to take a dramatic turn, and somebody has decided they were going to dime out the NFL for what they were doing. I remain skeptical that there is uh, physical evidence the NFL colluded, but if uh, there is a witness who will contradict the NFL, that makes this a whole lot more interesting. It does not guarantee Kaepernick or Reed will win their cases. They have no chance of winning their cases unless the whole system is rigged. The guy, the only reason Colin Kaepernick did this in the first place is so the Niners couldn't cut him two years or three years ago, whatever that was. They couldn't cut him after he did that, but the second they could get rid of him, they got rid of him. because And nobody, he's a pain in the ass. This guy's a magnificent pain in the ass. Uh... And the only reason he did it was for his own benefit, so he could collect an entire year's salary. Yeah. I mean, this, this whole, oh, he's, he's really deeply committed. No, he's not. He's trying to protect his job. And you suck, so that's the major problem. <laughs> no, it's true. He can't, he can't throw a football worth a damn. He could run the ball, but that's about it. Uh, in any case, there have been reports of deposition statements from owners that Donald Trump's comments in general, and to them specifically, have uh, influenced their decision making. Dallas Cowboy owners Jerry Jones, owner Jerry Jones, reportedly stated that Trump told him they can't win and tell everybody you can't win this one. Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross said he was supportive of the players until Trump made his statement. According to the Wall Street Journal report, Ross noted that owners' conversations with Trump were passed along during a league meeting and that I thought he changed the dialogue. 
So they're trying to pin this whole thing on Trump, too? Everything's being blamed on Trump. Yeah. Gas prices are rising. They're blaming him. And, and I, from what I know, I don't think that the uh, U.S. government has that much to do with oil prices. Not do a they? lot. No, not a whole well, lot. Well, aside from sweeping decisions. Yeah, like but, shutting down pipelines yeah. and things like that. Trump doesn't really do that kind of thing. Mm, no. That's a group effort. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like I said, I think he's a doofus, but I don't know <laughs> why everything gets blamed on him. Yeah, I mean, he's very self-involved. He's very, he considers himself to be very important, and I suppose and he is important. He's the president, and he's a big businessman, so maybe he is, but he, he is rather fond of himself. That Isn't is. that weird? What? what? He's our president? Yeah. Well, I'm no so weird. weirder than Obama was president. He was a community organizer, and all of a sudden he was president of the United States. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. He was more presidential acting, though. You think so? Yeah, I think he was a little bit more professional in a lot of ways. A lot more professional. (laughs) I think we have Dr. Elton with us. Oh, you think he's ready to go? Yeah, right. Hi, how are you? How are you, Dr. Elton? Doing great, doing great. Who am I talking to? This is Tom and Catherine. Oh, Tom. Oh, I'm on the show? You're on the show, yeah. Well, we uh, do, hi, how are you? We're doing extremely well. What we do when people call in a little early, we just put them on, and then we take our two-minute break, and then we come back so we can have a nice flow to the whole thing. All right, sounds awesome. Uh, the Survival Medicine Handbook, The Essential Guide for What Medical Help Is Not on the Way. Oh, oh, you know, for when medical help... Uh, if you had to deal with an injury or illness in a disaster, would you know what to do? No. I can answer that right away, Dr. Elton. No, I have no idea what to do. Well, join the club. A lot of people don't. Yeah, the Survival Medicine Handbook is a 670-page detailed guide for those who uh, want to be medically prepared for any disaster where help is not on the way. This book is written by Dr. Dr. Joe Elton, MD, and uh, Amy uh, Elton, ARNP, the premier medical preparedness professionals from the top 10 survival website, doomandbloom.net, as a matter of fact. Let's hear. So what do you do? So... Um, I broke my toe the other day. Yeah, Captain broke her toe the other day, Dr. Ron. <laughs> what what wow, did she have done? Terrible. And didn't splint it. I didn't splint it. I iced it and elevated it, though. Your pinky toe, you can't. There's, yeah, it's my baby toe. kind of have to let it go. <laughs> yeah, that's actually times. exactly what you should be doing about it. So right. I, I think it is the right thing, Catherine. <laughs> Thank you. See? <laughs> Job well done. Doctor approved. She's doing the right thing. I'm glad to hear that. Catherine's doing the right thing with her baby toe. Pinky toe, baby toe, little toe, whatever it's whatever called. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever the wee one. Just the wee phalange. One. Dr. Alton, this morning uh, on the morning show, I reported that people were asking medical professionals if it was okay to toast marshmallows over the lava flow. <laughs> I mean, technically, there's nothing wrong oh, with that no. as long as you don't fall in. Uh, Sulfur how about dioxide. The, yeah, the well, gas. yeah, and that. But yeah. He said, first of all, yeah, they would. If you put them on the end of a 50-yard stick, yeah. <laughs> I think you're good. Go and wear a gas mask. Yeah. Well, with sulfur there dioxide, as soon as you get close enough to the lava that it's a problem, you should, I mean, unless you're, like, fighting all the all your senses telling you to get away. Yeah. Well, don't but eat in the marshmallow. Yeah. You can roast it, but don't eat it. <laughs> they said it would taste terrible. You can yeah. eat sulfur dioxide all you want. I know, but it wouldn't taste if very good. If you like disgusting things, yeah. <laughs> So now what is it? Is there a number one malady or accident that happens to people where help is not on the way? Is there, is there a number one? Is heart it, attack? Is it a heart attack? Is it breaking a bone? Is there a number one example of this? Well, you know what happens when you don't have modern medical care available to you? Then usually that means that something has happened and a lot of other things haven't gone gone the right way either the things have gone south like things like water treatment and things and and very important things that stop us from getting bad infectious diseases so i think that the lack of water sterilization will probably cause the most trouble uh-huh. in any situation where there's any long-term uh, loss of medical services so th- it's very important to make sure that you deal with your water by either boiling it get it to a nice rolling boil for about five minutes uh, either uh, you could also add 12 to 16 drops of ho- plain old household bleach to water and wait about 30 minutes before you drink it. Uh, 12 to 16 drops of tincture of iodine would also do the, the trick. And you can even put, if you have a nice 
clear plastic bottle, let's say an empty two-gallon, uh, a two-liter bottle of Coke or, or some other soft drink, just fill that about 90% of the way, shake it up a little bit, put it in direct sunlight for about eight hours, and that will actually use UV sterilization mm-hmm. to make the water uh, drinkable from, at least from a organism standpoint. Yeah, the same thing that burns your skin, but when you're a single-celled organism, it burns you a lot worse than that. Oh, no. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the whole deal. Yeah, the um, tallest man ever died because he broke his toe, got a small cut in it, and got infected and died. Yep. Because they just didn't have antibiotics 100 years ago. We do need to take our break here, Dr. Alton. You can stay with us uh, for the next segment, I hope. I'd be glad to. Magnificent. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes, Tom Bernard Show. Chris Lindahl's here, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, a package that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor. We're giving away a free home staging package, and the reason we're doing this for KQ listeners is because you just have to win that online beauty pageant. In today's world, over 90% of showings are done on the Internet, and so you want to make sure that you stand out. The Chris Lindahl team has stagers on staff, so we're able to give you free staging packages at no cost to you. So how'd you come up with this idea, Chris? Well, what's happening right now is we're watching homeowners lose tens of thousands of dollars by not having the right architectural photography and the right staging. And so they're losing all of these impressions and these showings online. And we want to do something to make a difference. And one of the number one core values at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous and give back. So we're giving free home staging packages to kick you listeners. So, Chris, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, to take advantage of the free home staging package, you can call 763-401-SOLD or go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. And don't forget to mention, Tom sent you. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Good music, Cassie. It's John Bonham's birthday today. Oh, it is? Yep. I wonder if Molina's driving down the road now. Oh, he's not driving. He's, he, he sold his car because he's moving to New York yeah, and he won't need a car, car in New York. <laughs> so no. I wonder if he's just flying to New York, if he flew out today, because today was his last oh, day yeah. in Minnesota. I need to correct something. Okay. Uh, the tallest man did not break his toe. All he did was have a blister. But, oh, my God. But, yeah, <laughs> no antibiotics I means, have... yeah, you're dead. I had read that he had actually had a nail in his in at, on the bottom of his foot, and he just didn't notice it because he just didn't have, you know, good uh, nerve supply down there. Oh my God! You don't know some nail in your foot? Well, when you're 11 right. feet, yeah. wait, no, eight, eight feet 11. He's almost nine feet tall. Wow. I mean, well, yeah, nerves can only carry a signal for so long. Yeah, okay. I'm sure that is true. I actually uh, had a friend. He's no longer with us, unfortunately, but. He went on a ski trip, and he said, you know, it was a, it's a weird day today. I, I don't know what it was on the mountain, but I just didn't have my usual. I don't know if I, I twisted my ankle or, or I don't know what it is, but my, my right foot is just acting weird. This is after an entire day of skiing. He takes off his, uh, his uh, ski boot, and there's a corkscrew in it. <laughs> oh. He had a corkscrew nice. in his boot. Got a little uh, peripheral nerve damage. What? <laughs> How do you not know there's a corkscrew in your boot yeah, when you're, you're skiing? Have uncomfortable feet, maybe you'd want to check them out. Well, how does a corkscrew get in your boot? Yeah. Oh, if you had known this guy, it'd be yeah. very easy to point out why, why he had a corkscrew. Did he have, boot. like, diabetes or something? I don't, maybe. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. But do you, see, do you see things like that, Dr. Elton, that people show up and you go, well, how did that ever happen to you? Does that happen a lot? That is something that happens to every doctor, just about every possible way. I can tell you all sorts of uh, emergency room cases that I've that I've seen that you just wouldn't wouldn't believe some of the things that people wind up putting. Uh, yep. 
places where the sun don't shine and, to hit them and, just, <laughs> and, just, and just don't know and just don't know how it got there that is actually the most amazing part yeah. of it dr elton they slipped dr. and fell it's like yeah i bet there was a case on that happened on monday or tuesday a guy in india showed up at the hospital uh with an entire shower head shoved up his rectum and he said he slipped and fell on it, mm-hmm. and it just jammed right up his rectum. That's how he said it got So there. he slipped up, way up. Not very, I don't know. Because <laughs> the shower I can beat that one. I saw someone who had a potato uh, up somewhere, and it had actually grown, uh, sort of sprouted. Oh, <laughs> and you get the dubious honor of... Taking care of that. Thank you. Were you the Were you the plow plowman in that one? <laughs> I was. Well, it depends on the definition of plow, I guess. <laughs> it didn't like go grow through the colon wall, did it? Um, uh, no, it actually didn't. It took the path of least resistance. That's good. Oh. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank you for clearing that up, Andy. You know, every day I've been I've been in the radio business now. This is my forty eighth year. And there are still days when I learn things I've never heard before. <laughs> and that would be the case here with a, a growing potato in your... Uh, Potatoes will grow anywhere. <laughs> They're good at that. Well, hey, there's like fertilizer in there and everything. Sure. That's yeah, right. There would be fertilizer. That. That's a very, very good point. So is that uh, example in the survival uh, medicine handbook, the essential guide for when medical help is not on the way? Is that in there? <laughs> yeah. No, we kept it more uh, G-rated. Uh, the the okay. book is uh, it's got a, a lot of different things in it. I mean, we talk about everything from athlete's foot to amputation, from heart disease to, to hemorrhoids in the book, and all of it assumes that some disaster has occurred. There's no hospital, no doctor, and the average medical, uh, the average citizen becomes the highest medical asset left to their family. Yeah. So, we made a, a plain English book that tells you how to deal with over 150 different medical issues if you found yourself suddenly off the grid. Now, what is uh, how is Amy related to you? Amy is my lovely wife. Oh, she is your wife. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. I, I want to check because it might have been your daughter. I don't know. I, I didn't want. I don't want. I didn't want to assume that it was your wife. I just you know. She just looked like my daughter. She's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so young looking and beautiful. Yeah, we got the same yeah, problem. We got the same problem, Dr. Oh, there you go. It's true. Um, it's true. Um, so your book, so your book, would it be a good thing to have when you have children and maybe something happens, you're out on the playground and you don't know how long it's going to take for an ambulance to get there? Or is this just basically for like you know, when you're hiking? Uh, well, it works away? for a lot of different things. It works. It works for situations where... Help is on the way, but let's say it could be minutes away and you have to act in seconds to, let's say, stop bleeding or mm-hmm. uh, deal with some other, let's say, some major orthopedic issue. Uh, it works for situations when you're in the backcountry or uh, okay. talks about camping safety, for example. It talks about things that are in the news today. We, we have sections on how to deal with active shooter situations mm-hmm. and how to uh, give how to stop bleeding to the point at least that you give time to medical personnel if they are on the way so that you might be able to save a life. Sometimes an an injury to an artery can take that person uh, out of medical help or out of, out of the range of medical help within just a few minutes. So we talk that we talk about every, I'll tell you, we even have a chapter on volcano preparedness, in, in this book, I mean, there's mm. really almost nothing that I don't talk about. You can be downtown, and if someone, you know, cut their artery, the ambulance might not even... It, it could be it three time. minutes away, and they couldn't be there in time, depending on how bad the injury is. But it's as simple You're as exactly you just... Right. Knowing to put on pressure can be... It's just that simple. can save someone's life. Yes, absolutely right. And uh, the, the truth is, is that Three minutes, five minutes, and that's pretty much all you have with an arterial bleed. There's mm-hmm. something called the golden hour, which states that if somebody doesn't get help, that's significantly injured, doesn't get help within an hour, that their chances of survival decrease significantly. Well, with, it, when it comes to arterial bleeding, it's more like the platinum five minutes. You really need to get some kind of action, and most of, that act, most of the time that action has to occur with the help of a good Samaritan or a bystander at the scene. Now, Dr. Alton, now that we're very close friends, I need a favor from you. 
Yes, sir. Already? Would you call Andy every day and pester him until he goes to medical school? Because uh, we've been... He knows everything about medicine, but he won't go to medical school and get a degree. He doesn't like school. That's true. Well, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one thing that medical school has so. There's so many different things you can do out of medical school these days that you could you can go into everything from you know trauma surgery to psychiatry. There's there's and there's everything is subspecialized. You if you want to, if you're interested in just one thing, you can actually do it uh, in 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 your medical school curriculum. So it's a, it's a great time to be a doctor from the standpoint of, you know, a lot of technology available and things like that. Now, I talk about the other spectrum, a side of the spectrum where there may not be much technology and you have to deal with limited supplies mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what might be around you. So right. uh, it's right. sort of the opposite of what I talk about. But, Andy, I think that it makes a lot of sense for you to uh, get into medical school. I think if you could do that then you would wind up having a, a really, really satisfying career. And a satisfying life in helping other people with your knowledge, the great knowledge you, knowledge you have, Andrew. It's time for you to step up and be a savior, like Dr. Joseph Alton. But I'm running a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's important. It's important. That is, that's important also, sure. But he could do both. Sure. That's what, that, what, he could do this and go to... I do both, so if see? I do it, he could do it. See? See, I love that. That makes complete sense to me. Um, so the book is available everywhere, I'm assuming. Yes, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on our website at doomandbloom.net. Uh, it is a, a book that's been uh, a number one Amazon bestseller in three or four different categories, disaster relief, safety, first aid, Wonderful. survival skills, and uh, it won the 2017 Book Excellence Award in medicine. Now, I should mention it is doom and bloom with a B as in Barnard. It's not doom and gloom, it's doom and bloom. And why did you name it that? Well, doom represents the various kinds of disasters that might mm -hmm. affect a family, you know, during the course of their uh, of their day or the course of their lives, and bloom is the natural human uh, resilience in the face of adversity. See, I think that's wonderful. You give people hope just with your name, doomandbloom.net, the expanded third edition of the uh, three category Amazon bestseller: survival skills, disaster relief, safety, first aid is geared to enable the non-medical professional to deal with all the likely issues they will encounter. It would be a great idea for every family to have this book in their house, I would assume. Well, you're asking somebody who's a little biased on that point, but yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. <laughs> well, yeah, to be able to, to turn to a text and say, hey, well, here's we can do this for now, yeah. uh, that'd be a wonderful thing to have. At the very least, you should know basic human anatomy, so you know if something happens, what exactly is wrong, rather than just guessing. That's 100% correct. Um, well, to thank Amy for us for helping you write the book, because did she have to carry you through the entire thing, or did you carry her? Oh, I'm just a pretty face. He's <laughs> <laughs> the brains. I like it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to have to be married to somebody like that. You and I have that in common. Our, our wives are the definitely that better half thing. There's no doubt about it. Dr. Joseph Alton, it's A-L-T-O-N. The book is called The Survival Medicine Handbook, The Essential Guide for When Medical Help is Not on the Way. Dr. Alton, thank you so much. Very, very entertaining, but uh, I learned a lot as well today, so thank you. That was great. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely, sir. Dr. Joseph Alton, ladies and gentlemen, what a nice guy. See, Andy, get in the medical field. You know Dr. Basham. You know Dr. Alton. I'd have to redo my entire high school career, though. No, you no, wouldn't. You wouldn't. My school doesn't matter? Not anymore, no. Yeah, it kind of doesn't, does it? It yeah. doesn't really matter anymore. We could get, we could work out some angles on it. You know what I'm saying? No, we couldn't. Threaten some we people? Could, yes, we could threaten Threaten some you people. into medical school. That's how it works. Pretty Somebody fun. asked me about that. So, well, did you actually do that? I said, no, I'm not in the mafia, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, you yeah, can, we don't do a lot of extortion. No, no extortion. We some don't have people extortion. killed. You know, we don't do any of that stuff. Uh, no, it's not a mafia organization. We're all good to go. I, seriously, I'm very serious about that, and Dr. Elton is not on the, on the line any longer. This book would be a great book for every family to have in their home because if a kid comes in and has got a gash on their leg, yeah, you're going to rush them to the hospital. Well, you need to know what to do on the way to the hospital, or you're going to call an ambulance. Yeah, for example, know, yeah. do not touch the gash. Yes, 
Yeah, because we'll that can make it. things a whole lot worse, just touching it, uh, you know. Because a lot of people, that's what they'll do. They'll touch it to see just how bad it is. But, well, they're yeah. going to infect it. Well, and the yep. best thing to do when you have a deep cut is to let it bleed for a little bit. Yeah, don't. Clean it out. Don't. Yep, because it yeah. flushes out anything that's like, it lowers your risk of tetanus by like, I don't even know. Well, that's why our... Uh, it's a pressurized system. Yeah. Makes it harder for things to get in. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you cut yourself, don't right away cover it up. Let it bleed for, yeah, like, a minute. Sense. That makes yeah. sense. Well, I mean, Knowing how to behave depending. when somebody's well, yeah, having a stroke or is bleeding or a heart attack or anything, I mean, it can really, if you just know what to do for the first 10 minutes, it can really save somebody's life. It's yeah. worth It's astonishing how yeah. many people... Something so simple, like someone goes into, you know, they have trouble breathing and they just have no idea what to do. Yeah. Well, most They'll just people sit panic. there and watch them die. It's most like, people just panic and they just don't know what yeah. to do. So if you've, got the, if you've got a book like that and, you know, you can look, if it's easily indexed and you can look up something. I had a friend who, um, she had to like give herself the Heimlich maneuver. Ooh, she like swallowed it. a pill or something and got stuck in her You have throat. to go over a chair. Yeah, she had to like go f- <clears throat> throw her, herself over the back of a couch and yeah. she got it out that way. And if she hadn't have thought, you know, ever known to do that, mm. she might have died. I always took basic first aid and um, what you call it? CPR. Yeah. For nannying. So yeah, we can do the quick reveal because Alex and Catherine leave in one more minute. I'm pregnant. So this is, yes, Alex is pregnant. This is a true story. This many, many years ago, Catherine, I I cannot eat rice too quickly because I cannot swallow large, I mean, I don't even mean large amounts of rice. I have a hard time swallowing rice. A lot of people have that problem. Chew and breathe. No, that's not it at all. Just don't inhale the rice. So So I give him rice all the time. You probably have a hiatal hernia. Maybe. Because I know I do. And that makes it a lot harder to swallow small things. So we're at a Red Lobster. I'm having lobster and rice. That was at Red Lobster? Yeah. Really? And I start gagging, so I rush into the back room to hurl. And as I'm hurling, I hear my wife laughing. (laughs) That's really nice. Really nice, honey. Okay, first of all, you could talk. Really nice. And you were clearly breathing, so I knew you weren't in any super yeah. So bad that's thing. why it was fun. But if you can talk, time, you're good. No, the, yes, exactly. So the yeah. next time it happened, we were out to dinner with somebody, and you were starting, you, you looked funny, mm-hmm. but you kept smiling. Well, I didn't I'm want like, anybody to know okay? I was choking to death. Yeah, and you're smiling away with this weird smile on your face, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Should I get help? Should I get help, Tom? And he just kept smiling at me. And then about five minutes later, he finally gets the rice down. He's like, I was dying! I was like, dying right when you're dying, your don't smile at yeah. me and, and say everything's okay. Well, that's like I read a thing that it was called Drowning Doesn't Look Like Drowning. The like climbing the ladder? Somebody... We're at 1530, by the way. Yeah, I know. We're at 1530. I don't know. Well, you guys can stay for the first segment of the next hour. Can I? No, I can't. Oh, God. All right. We got to go. These two pills will just abandon us typically. Yep. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.